So this is the start of our new sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And um, as we explore the implications of the Lord's Prayer, we will begin by asking the question, why is God called Father? Why is God called Father? Because today, we're going to concentrate on the first part of the prayer, our Father in heaven. That's it. You would think the sermon would be done and dusted in five minutes. But for such a small verse, it carries incredible weight. I will not do it justice today. But my hope is that we all leave knowing the Father better, knowing that he's loving and he's good. The disciples didn't really know how to pray. And so Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer as a framework to guide them in their prayers. This prayer could actually be more accurately entitled the Disciples' Prayer. The first part of the prayer focuses on the glory of God, and the second part of the prayer focuses on human needs. I love this. William Barclay said, In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to bring the whole of life to the whole of God, and to bring the whole of God to the whole of life. Love that. This prayer is a Trinitarian prayer. What do you mean by that? I hear you ask. In this prayer, our thoughts are immediately directed to God the Father, who is the creator and sustainer of all life. And when we ask for forgiveness in the prayer, the request immediately directs our thoughts to God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. When we ask for help in the prayer to fight temptations, the request directs our thoughts to God the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the strengthener, the illuminator, the guide and guardian of our way. Amazingly, this prayer is explosive because it takes the present, the past, and the future, the whole of our lives, and presents it to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit holistically. It's an amazing prayer. The prayer was not intended to be meaninglessly recited. But it's an invitation to pray in private, recognizing who God is and what he's like. It's an invitation to be transformed by the love of God and encounter him as we invite him into our lives, trusting in his love and relying on his goodness. As you can tell from the passage, Jesus criticized the religious teachers because they were praying for the benefit of the crowds and not praying sincerely to their God. They made a spectacle of themselves so that people would think they were pious men. Jesus saw through this shallow attempt at prayer. Robert Law said, prayer is a mighty instrument, not forgetting man's will done in heaven, but forgetting 
God's will done on earth. Amen. William Wearsby argued that there is one purpose of the Lord's Prayer, and that is to glorify God's name and to ask for help to accomplish his will on earth. This prayer begins with God's name, and it's all about God's interests, God's kingdom, and God's will, not ours. Jesus highlighted the one condition necessary when we come to God in prayer, and that is to come with sincerity of heart. In his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie argues that names are really important. The name of a person sets them apart. We all have a name, and it sets you apart from everybody else, doesn't it? A person's name is to them the most important sound in any language. When we meet someone who has remembered our name, we feel significant because they've taken the trouble to remember who we are. I had a very special relationship with my granddad. We were very close. And he had a special name for me. And it wasn't James. He called me Bugsy. I've shared a secret with you there. He called me Bugsy. Only Grandad called me by that name. Bugsy was a term of endearment and a marker of our special relationship. Bugsy got my attention and drew me into direct dialogue with him, my Grandad. It was a personal name and it was meaningful to me. In a similar way, Jesus gave us the very name of God, which marks the special relationship we now have with God, but also which describes his nature, Father. Jesus didn't say to the disciples, pray to your warrior in heaven. Pray to your conqueror in heaven. Pray to your emperor in heaven. Pray to your tribal warlord in heaven. Pray to your judge in heaven. What did he say? Pray to your father. Father in heaven. He taught them to call God Father. Abba. Abba in Aramaic. Names are really important in the Bible. And God has numerous names in scripture. But Jesus wanted to reveal to the disciples the one specific name that would help them and us really understand what God is actually like. The intimate name that Jesus himself used, Father. Today we'll be focusing on why it's important that we know God as our Father in heaven. Maybe not all of us instinctively warm to the term father because maybe we never had an earthly father or we did but the relationship was or still is difficult. 
Maybe for some, parental power was not always used to care, nurture, and bless. Remember this. Jesus never intended for us to transfer the failings of our own fathers or parental figures onto the fatherhood of God. The name Bugsy doesn't really tell you anything about me, who I am or what I'm like. But Jesus teaches us that God's name is Father, which communicates extensively about what he is like. Firstly, he is loving, loving. Secondly, he is good, he is good. A tender-hearted, loving and good parent who cares more for us than we can truly know and understand. In Greek mythology, the god Prometheus took pity on humanity because they did not possess fire. They were cold and without comfort. The story goes He took fire from the heavens and gave it to human beings. But in so doing, he angered the king of the gods, Zeus, who did not want humanity to receive this gift. As a consequence, get ready. I hope you've had breakfast. As a consequence, Zeus chained Prometheus to a rock in the middle of the Adriatic Sea, where he was tortured with the heat and thirst during the day and with bitter coldness during the night. Additionally, Zeus prepared a vulture to tear out his liver, which repeatedly grew back, only to be torn out all over again. That is what happened to anybody who dared help human beings. When we discover that the God to whom we pray has the name and the heart of a father. It makes all the difference. Our father in heaven is not like the false god Zeus, who sought to punish Prometheus for trying to help. Nor is he like Prometheus, who was overpowered by another god. Our father looks nothing like the gods from Greek mythology we can be confident that our Father has always been and will always be loving and good Father. There was one point when I became a father, and that was in 2016 at Musgrove Hospital. My wife was in the birthing pool, and the midwife seemed to think there was a long way to go. So I seized my moment and decided to go to the toilet. I must have been in there for about a minute. And when I opened the door, to my horror, I saw my son was being placed in his mother's arms. Why do I share this story with you? For me, there was a period in my life when I was not a father. And then suddenly, there was a moment where I became one. But God, our Father, has always been a Father. And it is his most fundamental identity. 
Our Father is the Father of the eternal Son, Jesus Christ. And there was never a time when the Son did not exist. There was never a time when the Father was without the Son. The Father has always been Father. That's really important to understand. When Jesus told the disciples to call their God Father, this wasn't actually a new concept. But maybe they'd just forgotten or they'd been misled. There are numerous references uh, to our Father in the Old Testament. He was commonly called Abijah. Abijah, which means the Lord is my Father. Israel is described as Abijah's firstborn son, who he carries, has compassion on, who he disciples, and who he wants to gift with a beautiful inheritance. And when the son Israel turns away from the father's love, the father wants nothing more than for Israel, his son, to return to him and call him father. Isn't that beautiful? God has always been father and was revealed as father in the Old Testament. Have you ever noticed that Jesus does not teach us to pray, my father in heaven? But he teaches us to pray, our father in heaven. The I, me and mine are turned into the we us and ours. God is the father of all people. He is inclusive and none of us owns the exclusive rights to him. When we pray to our father, we are recognizing that we are not not his only child, but we are a part of his big, big family. Our needs matter but so do the needs of others. The fatherhood of God is the only possible basis for human relationships because the needs of all matter to our loving father because he is loving and good. We'll think about why God is called father. Firstly, he is the father because he's loving and secondly, he is the father because he is good. Firstly, God is called Father because he is loving. Have you ever known someone so incredibly kind and gracious, so warm and generous, that just just a little bit of time spent with them affects how you think, feel, and behave? Someone whose very presence makes you better. We know that God is love, and the love of the Father is so profound and potent, you cannot know him without becoming more loving. That would be impossible. My biological dad, and he's on Zoom, so I'll behave myself. My biological dad is extremely generous. Don't tell him I said that because he'll up his game. I will always remember him 
making it clear to me from the beginning that if I was ever in trouble anywhere in the world, he would come and get me and bring me home. When I spend time with my dad, it makes me feel like being more generous with others. Because for him, nothing is too much trouble. There is an image that's reoccurring in scripture of the father. The Lord calls himself the spring of living water. Just as a fountain pours forth water, our father gives life and love to the world. That's who he is and that's what he does. Love is not one attribute of God's many moods, but he is love through and through. Cut him in half and what do you find? Love. I'm not suggesting he's a stick of rock. But he is love through and through. Do you know this? The Father's response to everything, every time, is to love, love, love. Love. Do you remember the story of the loving father from last week, for those of you that were here? The son wanted his father dead. He rejected him and left his father's house, didn't he? But the father watched and waited for him daily in the hope he would one day return. And when he did, all the past was forgotten, forgiven. The son was reinstated as the son. And the father could not stop loving him. He couldn't stop. He couldn't help himself. In the New Testament, there's lots and lots of truths about what the Father is like. Jesus promises his disciples that no one, no one can ever be snatched out of the Father's hand. And that the Father and Jesus are one. They are one. And if we've seen Jesus... We've actually seen what the Father is like in human flesh. Our Heavenly Father is ready and waiting to be there for us, to walk with us, to protect us and guide us, to rescue us when we're far away, and to give us good gifts to pour out more of his love in our hearts and in our lives. God is called Father because he is loving. And secondly, God is called Father because he is good. Have you ever thought, what on earth am I here for? Have you ever thought that? Yeah. Maybe it's just me. Why, Lord? Why am I here? 
There's so much suffering and death in the world. The world is a painful place, a hurting place. It was quite striking to me when I realized that knowing the God whose name is Father makes it all bearable, gives me the ability to cope, and actually gives meaning to a seemingly chaotic world. Because behind it is a good father who will one day make everything right. The world is definitely not how the father imagined or dreamed it to be. But what if we began to see that our Father is using the hardships that we face, not for our comfort, but for our training to make us better? What if we saw our problems as opportunities to overcome them in God's strength? Every moment in your life is an opportunity to be more like Jesus and respond in love which reflects the Father heart of God. We must understand that our Father has our best interests in mind and he uses his power for our benefit. He channels his power through us and we are able to do far more than we ever imagined possible on our own. Paul reminds us this, all glory be to God, our Father, who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think from the epistle to the Ephesian church. Our Father is not only able to help, but he is willing and wants to meet our needs because he is good and he wants the best for you and for me. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? You have a heavenly father who wants the complete best for you. And all the trials that you experience in this life are a way to make you better, are a way to make you reflect what the sun is like. That helps me to face hurdles differently. What do you need help with today? What hurdles are you facing? Tell your heavenly father about it because he wants nothing more than to be involved with you and with everything that's going on in your life. Tell him. Jesus didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. Pray to your Father and tell him how you are. He wants to know. He wants to be involved because he is good. You'll have picked this up when you read your Bible. Again and again throughout Scripture, we see that the heart of the Father is especially directed towards the lowly and downcast. God is good because he defends his people as a father defends his children. Scripture tells us again and again that he is father to the fatherless. 
He is defender of those who have no one. If you have no one, you have the Father. That's a promise. And again, even if our fathers and mothers abandon us, the Lord will hold us close. That's a promise. The Father wants to be close to you. He wants to hold you in his arms. Are you hearing this? He wants to hold you in his arms. You are precious to him. You are his beloved child. When he looks upon you, he feels joy. Joy deep in his heart for you. Every one of you. We're coming into land. What would your life look like if you knew the depths of the Father's love for you? Next time when you pray our Father in heaven, ask yourself this question. Where is the evidence of the Father's love in my life? Where is the evidence of the Father's love in my life? Once you have identified the answers, and I believe there will be many answers, give thanks to your Heavenly Father. When you pray to God, remember that our Father knows you the best and he loves you the most. You'll hear me say that again and again. He knows you the best and he loves you the most. The Father has only the best intentions for your life and you can trust him with all of your life because he is loving and he is good. And he wants to share his life with you. Remember, bring the whole of your life to the whole of God and invite the whole of God into the whole of your life. Why is God called Father? God is called Father because he is loving. And God is called Father because he is good. Amen. Amen. I'll lead us in a prayer. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you pour out more of your love upon us. And I pray for each one of my brothers and sisters here that they may know you as loving and good Father. That they may trust in you even when things don't make sense. Help them to trust in you. And I pray like a fountain you pour out more of who you are into their lives. For your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.